This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. Hi church family, friends, <clears throat> all over the country. It's just so amazing to be able to share what God is doing and to share His love and His life with all of us. And uh, we just say we miss all of you and we trust we'll get back soon again. Uh, we're still encouraged by the 21 days plus 14 encouragement sessions that we are doing and will be doing. And uh, just one or two things before we start this evening service. Uh, the first one is very important. We're starting an intercession school, uh, which will be online. You can sign up by joining the WhatsApp group. It's four weeks, just great stuff, teaching from um, Timothy Keller and Suzette Hatting and some reflection uh, questions on that. So you can do everything online. Uh, so join that group. It's starting this week. We are so encouraged by the discipleship uh, series we're doing, this discipleship school, uh, the worship school. More than 300 people are doing those two schools together. So it's just amazing that people are getting equipped and people are responding uh, to getting into the word. And then the second thing, just very important, we want to encourage you, keep on giving, be generous towards the body serve account, you know, and towards the church. It's just amazing. We've had more than 200,000 rand coming in, or almost just 200,000 rand, and we've spent a lot of that money already, and we're going to spend all of it um, just on the poor, feeding a lot of uh, um, students on campus that can't go home, a lot of people in Kaimandi, in Clutusville, all over so uh, this is really the time for us as the church to sacrificially give and to share the love of Christ. And so, sure, what a, what a time for us to live. Our lives uh, are very different. A lot of people are being challenged by family situations, by relationships, by, hey, also stuff in our hearts that are getting out, you know. And so even here, sitting in my living room, we've used all the portraits <laughs> that the house had. So we're rotating them. We're getting very creative, but uh, we've got a new background, uh, the world as uh, the nations as our inheritance. And so uh, what a, what a just uh, amazing opportunity to be able to do church in this way and to sh- just share the love of Christ with each other, but especially the word. You know, we encourage by the word, uh, not by the nice backgrounds and all of that stuff. Uh, that's that's also cool. Um, but the most amazing thing is when you and I encourage each other in the word of God. And so this morning I was sharing a lot about this idea and the topic was a time to remember. And this is sort of a continuation on that. So I'm going to recap a little bit for those of you who missed out on this morning because we need to be reminded to be reminded. <laughs> so this is reminding number two of reminding number one. Um, and so <clears throat> reminding ourselves is so important and it's very biblical. You know, um, we as the Christians in the world, unfortunately, we don't have a culture of really celebration. Uh, the Jews have that and they had a lot of festivals and a lot of things built into their culture to remind them of who God is and what God has done. They had the feast of Passover, of of uh, tabernacles, the feast of Pentecost where the Holy Spirit was poured out later on. So they had a lot of festivals and some of these festivals the people had to go up to Jerusalem they even had to sing songs, the songs, the Psalms of Ascent, when uh, David wrote and said, I was glad when they said to me, let's go up 
to the house of the Lord. Yeah, uh, when they walked up to Jerusalem to declare who God was and what was happening. You know, because we forget and we need to remind ourselves, and that's why your testimony is so important. You know, write out your testimony, send it to some people, share it with your friends, share the word of hope in this time, share the gospel with people. Don't be afraid. This is God moving at this time. He's not stopping. You know, even this week uh, we had a Zoom session. It was so amazing where we baptized somebody over Zoom. Somebody that was baptized, baptized that person. The, the lady uh, baptized her husband in the swimming pool and we witnessed and we prayed over Zoom. Uh, so even church can happen in different ways. We are looking forward to that fellowship, that first Sunday where we all can be together again and just have a great love feast and bring food and share life with each other. Uh, but just be reminded on some of the scriptures I shared this morning in Deuteronomy 5 verse 15 it says and remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt and the Lord your God brought you out from there by a mighty hand and by an outstretched arm therefore the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day they had the Sabbath principle uh, in the old covenant and uh, we still have to partake in the principle not necessarily in the Shabbat meal and all of that stuff most of the festivals have been fulfilled in Christ so that we shouldn't be too challenged by that but the principle of rest is so important the principle the culture of reminding ourselves um, that's why we need time to rest that's why it's so great of what's happening in the world at the moment is a lot of people have to just be forced to be kept in a home and think about what is my life about and what am I doing this this rushed life that I'm living is it really worth the while um, to do that in chapter 7 verse 18 of Deuteronomy it says you shall not be afraid of them but you shall remember well what the Lord your God did to Pharaoh remember well you know in chapter 8 verse 18 and you shall remember Lord your God for it is he who gives you power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant which he saw to your fathers as is this day remember who provides for you remember you know and so you can read right through the scriptures just this word remember uh, call to remembrance and we looked at the definition for that to remember is to mark, to recount, to record, to think about, to make, to be remembered, to revisit, to tell again, or to reflect upon something. You know, I shared it this morning when I first, I think it was 1998, went up to uh, Uncle Angus's farm and we uh, went through his prayer room. He has this small prayer room, it's still in this little small house on the farm. Just a lot of pictures, a lot of amazing testimonies, all Printed out on the walls as he prays, you know, in his prayer room. And, and it, it just shocked me, but it also challenged me. And I thought like, wow, how many times do I forget? But here he's surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. He's surrounded by testimonies. So even just, you know, record your testimony for two minutes. Send it to your small group. Send it to people and say, hey, um, I'm reminded of God's goodness. You know, write it on the wall. Let the writing be there so that. We can walk in the fullness and the faithfulness of God. Because um, the chapters we read this morning was Paul specifically writing to Timothy. And I'm going to read some of these verses again and just have a different angle, focus on something else that I didn't focus on this morning. But what he says to Timothy, he says, Timothy, um, I, I want to remind you, you know, I need to remind you in a couple of areas because, hey, you're going to forget. And especially because Timothy was much younger, Timothy was afraid of the circumstances he was in. Paul was in chains. He was in prison. And a beautiful, we wrote later on in these verses and he says, well, the gospel isn't in chain. Uh, 
the gospel isn't uh, locked down. The gospel is advancing, you know, and we need to protect that gospel and we need to share that gospel and share the testimony of God's life. But listen to this in Second Timothy 1 verse 3 to 5. I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience as my forefathers did, as without ceasing, I remember you in my prayers night and day. Remember in your prayers. The things God has promised you. Remember night and day. And specifically here, yeah, he's talking to Timothy. And he's talking about Timothy. He says, I remember day and night as I am praying for you. So we need to pray for each other. You need to pray for your friends in this time. You need to pray for your family. You need to night and day do that. Verse 4, it says, Greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I might be filled with joy. Verse 5, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Louise and in your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded is in you also. So what he writes is he says, look here, day and night I'm praying for you, Timothy. I'm reminded of who you are. I'm reminded of the faith that is inside of you because I saw it in your grandmother. I saw it, Lord, just a legacy passing on into your life. And I'm day and night, I'm thinking about it. I'm I'm putting it before the Lord and this is the time to build an altar in your own home, in your own life, in your personal life with Christ. Build an altar where you can worship God, where you can put to remembrance the things God has said, the things He's promised. You know, one of the amazing pictures in the book of Revelations is these altars of incense. That is before the throne room of God. And the Bible says it falls over and, and it's the prayers of the saints. Even every prayer you are praying is coming up as a memorial or a remembrance before God. Because God is not, His hand is not too short to heal, to touch and to deliver. And He will stretch forth His hand. He will heal. He will touch. He will deliver. And so that's why prayer is so important. Don't neglect your time of prayer. Praying for your friends. But we can see also the heart here of Paul towards Timothy. He's like spiritual son and somebody that he's raised up. He says, oh, I long to be with you. But the circumstance in which he's writing is in prison. And the chances are very good. Uh, he thought at that stage that he's not going to come out alive. Because his trial was happening. He was in chains. There wasn't really a way out. A lot of people walked away from Paul. They forsook their relationship with him because they said, well, no, this can't be the Lord, you know, because look at how you're suffering. And because you're suffering so much, it must, there must be some sort of sin in your life. There must be something wrong with you. Now, isn't that how people many times react? And especially the religious spirit, you know, wants to say like, yeah, yeah, look here, he got the virus, you know, that there must be something wrong with him. So it's just subconsciously judging and shaming people. And, and so a lot of people did that year with Paul and Paul says look here now I'm I'm reminded Timothy of of that faith that's been passed down to you and then the verse we all know very well here in verse 6 and 7 he says therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands for God has not given us a spirit of fear but that of love power and a sound mind therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved, who has saved us and called us with our holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began, but has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel to which I was appointed a preacher an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. For this reason I also suffer these things. We're reading verse 12. 
For this reason I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep what I've committed to him until that day. So he begins to talk about the loyalty, the faith, and his commitment to Christ, because he knows about God's faithfulness. And I shared it that morning, I want to say it again. This whole book is about the love of God, but also the faithfulness of God. And so he says, yes, that faith in your grandmother, the faith that has been passed on, the gifts inside of you, I remember, stir them up, don't submit, don't commit to the fear. And then he goes on to share the faithfulness of God. We spoke about that this morning, where he said, like, sure, God is faithful. Even when you and I are unfaithful, the gospel is true. And even this weekend, we are celebrating the resurrection life of Christ. This weekend, we're reminded of what Christ has done on the cross. And let's not forget that. Let's not for lose the joy of our salvation. Let's not lose focus on what Christ has done. Because your circumstances and my circumstances does not determine the joy and the peace that we have. Our joy and our peace is derived from the fact that we are forgiven. That we are loved by God. That God is faithful. That hey, you and I should present ourselves to God. And this is where I want to start to focus <clears throat> on what he also shares with us. In And what he shares with Timothy, and he does that in chapter 2, from verse 1 onwards. He says, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Jesus Christ. Be strong in the grace that is in Jesus Christ. Outside of Jesus, there is not grace. There, there isn't an empowerment. Because remember, grace is an empowerment to do the will of God. Is the ability to do God's will. It's not a ticket for you and me to keep on sinning. No, it's actually to say, hey, I'm going to deal with that lustful thing. I'm going to deal with that pornography. There's grace for me to overcome it. You must believe that there's power and grace to break every sin and every cycle of sin over your life and over my life. You must believe that because that's what the scripture says. And there is grace in Jesus to overcome it. If you just use your own will, your own power, hey, maybe you're going to get it right. But there's a grace for you to do the will of God. There's a grace for you to Follow God in this time. And you need to tap into that grace. And then he says verse 2. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses. Commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So he says I, I'm not just talking about the faithfulness of God. The faithfulness of the gospel. But also commit the things that I've shared with you to other faithful guys and ladies. Yeah, Go and share with them. Go and tell them. Go and charge them with the gospel. Go and encourage them. Go and challenge them to live godly and holy lives. And this is where he starts in verse 3. He says, You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one, no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may be able to please him who enlisted him as a soldier. So verse 4 he starts in this three different type of characters or people that he uses in this place of reminding Timothy. He says, hey, when you're in a war situation, when you're a soldier, you're going to endure hardships. You have to have endurance. You have to have persistence. You have to keep on fighting the good fight of faith. So a soldier has a lot of endurance and a soldier is not in Tangled. It's almost like the picture he uses is like a spider's web. Don't be entangled by the affairs of this life. So that, why? You may please the one who's enlisted you. 
that's God. God has enlisted you. So, so these, for the soldier, he needs a lot of endurance. The soldier need a lot of like pressing through after six months of just basic training. And what do they do? They take the, the thinking of the world out of you, the thinking of your own culture out of you, and they make you a soldier, you know? So you and I have a choice, even in this lockdown time. Are, gonna, are we going to begin to think like a Christian? Are we going to biblically follow God? Or are we going to be entangled by the things of this world? Yeah, you have a choice. And that's why he says to Timothy, Timothy, be a soldier. You know, have your boots on. A, a soldier, especially when you're in a war situation, you never take your boots off. You're always ready. You're always vigilant. You're sober. You're focused. But it takes a lot of endurance. And I want to encourage you, Keep on enduring. Keep on focusing. Keep on running the race, you know? Uh, because sometimes you're going to get discouraged. Sometimes you're going to just want to binge watch movies, binge watch all the other stuff and just say, hey, let me just sleep all day. You know, the other day when we <laughs> delivered a couple of packets, we almost had a thousand, three hundred, a thousand, four hundred packets that we just delivered to students that are still locked down in Stellenbosch. You know, I think it was half past one in the afternoon and we got to Ice Marie and there was this one guy. He just woke up half past one. <laughs> and I thought like, sure. Hey, you can sleep through all five weeks. But hey, this is rather get yourself a roster, wake up early in the morning, do quiet time, uh, spend time now in your studies, prepare yourself. Because that's, that's going to take endurance and, and it's, it's going to be tiring. It's going to be challenging. Hey, but why are you doing it? You're not doing it to get a degree. You doing it because it's the will of God for your life and you want to please him, the one who has enlisted you. So I want to encourage you, keep on doing that work. Keep on seeing it also as worship unto the Lord. The second thing that he reminds of us is in verse 5 and he says if anyone competes in athletics he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules so the athlete trains a lot i've got a lot of respect for athletes because they train 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 you know do the same thing over and over and over again and for little reward just for the athletics race you know but he says, hey, there's some rules we have to run by. Stick to the rules. Stick to the biblical principles. Stick to the things of God. You know, because hey, there's, there's a competition, not against other people, but we are competing with the world. You know, but we're not competing because we're running against them. We're competing because we want to be crowned. There's a reward. And that's what the athletes run for. And that's where he says, yes, we need to be soldiers, but we need to also be athletes. And an athlete is running. Hebrews 12 verse 1 and 2 says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Again, that word endured. Endure the cross. Despise the shame. And went to sit at the right hand of the Father. Wow. Yeah. The athlete is focused. Why? Because there's a crown. We are running not for the spectators. We're not running to compete with the people around us. Each one of us are running to do the will of God. And we want to please him. We want to receive the crown of glory. Paul wrote about this. He says, stretching myself out to the upward call of Christ. And then the third thing or type of person he says in verse 6. He says, the hardworking farmer must be first to partake of the crops. Consider what I say and may the Lord give you understanding in all these things. So then he talks about the farmer. The farmer has a lot of faith. He sows and he reaps. But that, when you put that seed in the ground, you have got no, no guarantee that's going to come up. But God does it, eh? And when you've sown, you will reap eventually. There's like a reward of the hardworking farmer, you know? So there's going to be hard work needed. There's going to be challenges. And Paul uses these three 
characters to say, let's be like an athlete, let's be like a soldier, let's be like a hardworking farmer. And maybe for your homework, you can go and write down some other characteristics that these three type of people really need in their lives. And so, verse 8. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel, for which I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even to the point. So again he says, now remember what Christ has done. And then the last thing he reminds them of, again in verse 14, he says, remind them of these things, charging them before the Lord not to strive about words to no profit, to the ruin of the hearers. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God. A worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You know, something that really challenges me in our modern day gospel, the culture that we share with other people, we sometimes adopt and we try to adopt the gospel to our culture. But a lot of the writings that Paul writes is sort of almost warnings. Yeah, He's fighting a lot for his gospel and he's fighting a lot for the truth. And he's fighting a lot and challenging people and even sometimes mentioning people by name. It's almost like a, a part that has become lost to the church. You know, we don't like to correct people. We don't like to say, hey, this is this is from the Lord and this is not from the Lord. But yet Paul did it a lot in his ministry because why he was uh, fighting for the truth and the preservation, like he said, my of my gospel. And so I, I was just so challenged by um Something that Jeremy Riddle wrote um, this this week, you know, and I want to want to read it. Just something. He's a, a writer of a, a lot of songs, and um, and he's moved uh, to a specific church now in the last year or so, just in obedience to God. But listen to this. He's been struggling a lot, and, and I'm thinking a lot about this because this is what Paul writes to Timothy. He says, Timothy, you need to fight for the truth. And you need to be strong in it. Listen to what he says. I find myself increasingly troubled when I look at Western Christian culture and see such a startling lack of representation or instruction on vital teachings in Scripture, particularly the passages that warn and admonish. It troubles me that teachings on these passages are virtually non-existent in modern preaching. This is now Jeremy Riddle. But if I sit down and just read a couple of chapters of scripture, they're so prevalent, I can't escape them. And no, I'm talking about the Old Testament, not talking about the Old Testament or the covenant. I'm talking about the teachings of Jesus and Paul, his apostles, Peter, James, John. Those guys, so much heresy is running rampant in the church because we're not only clearly preaching the reality of eternal judgment, We're not preaching the reality of heaven and hell or the frequent commands concerning holiness, godliness, purity and true Jesus apprenticeship. I don't know quite how we got here, but somehow we've created Christian cultures that edit scriptures, remove the gravity of his holy commandments and numb people's ears to real truth. If you want a glimpse into the last years of my life, it has mostly been about deep and ongoing repentance. As I've let his words pierce me, at times even terrify me, real fear and trembling, deep grieving, and not once was it disconnected from his love, his mercy or his goodness. In fact, I felt all those things the strongest in the midst of it. His truth is merciful. His truth is love. His truth is good. But on the warfare of truth in our lives, But oh, the warfare of truth in our lives. How great our need of his discipline. I'm not wagging a crooked judgmental finger. I literally write this in tears. My loving appeal is this. Read scripture as though your life depend on it. Not a paraphrase. 
not the mirror Bible, which is not nothing but deception, cleverly packaged as a paraphrase. I have nothing to do with it. He says, read scripture as if your life depends on it. You know, there's not, when we talk in the modern day gospel of the discipline and the challenges and hard working stuff and hey, it's going to cost you something, then most people don't want to hear that gospel. But this is what Paul finishes. He says, you must learn to rightly divide the word of truth. Timothy, practice the word, walk in it. Challenge yourself with it. It is going to be tough. Because remember Paul is writing from prison. <laughs> he's writing from a place where he's about to die for this gospel. And he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed of this prisoner that I am. Lots of people have walked away, but I'm holding fast onto God's faithfulness. And I'm reminding myself of what he's done and what he's about to do. So I want to pray for us that in this time, especially for the students that are listening that you will rightly divide the word of truth. You know, stop the YouTube clips, stop all this stuff. If you don't know the people personally, please stay away. Before you read a lot of Christian books, read the word as if your life depends on it. Because there's a fight for truth. There's a battle going on for the reality of what scripture really says. And I want to pray for you for that grace to walk in the mercy and the love of God. So let's pray together. And uh, let's um, pray that we'll become athletes and soldiers and farmers for Jesus. Amen. So, Father, I want to thank you for everyone that's listening to my voice. I want to pray, Father, for a boldness to walk with you, a boldness to share, a boldness, Lord, to follow you, but especially to divide the word of truth. And, Lord, we charge each other, and I pray for reminding in this week of your love and of your faithfulness. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.